Welcome to another episode of the Unveiling Grace podcast, a place for you to experience a grace that heals. We're glad that you're here because we're excited about this grace that can transform your life and your relationships, right? Right. Welcome. So, I'm Joel. And I'm Lynn. And we're going to talk about grace. We are. (laughs) And in this first episode, kind of what we want to talk about is why the podcast, the focus of it, a little bit of what we're going to be doing, maybe a little bit on some of the topics we hope to cover. Yes. Uh, But uh, Lynn and I both have distinct stories of grace and encountering grace and knowing Jesus. And you'll probably hear a little bit about that back and forth. But really, this podcast is about you. And it's about Jesus, because what we've both recognized is that Jesus and the grace that's offered through him makes all the difference in our life and relationships. And we just want people to have a better understanding of what grace is and how it can impact your life. You know, I think people often have a negative view of religion and yet they have this longing for some kind of a relationship, right? With someone who loves them and knows them better than they know themselves. And that's what you get in grace with the Jesus that we know. Exactly. So when we talk about grace, to kind of maybe help us define it, and probably in a future episode we'll go into maybe the technical definition, but as you've looked at and studied grace, what are some of the other words that are kind of associated with grace for you? Well, I actually looked it up in the dictionary and these kind of words came up. Okay. Kindness. All right, I can see that. Do you know, for 20 years in my office as a professor, I have had a little plaque that says nothing but kindness. Charity. All right, I can see that connected with grace. Absolutely. Benevolence. So the the idea of giving, giving, yeah, and very gracious, free giving. When we think of benevolence, we think of something that's given that's maybe not deserved, but it's very needed. Okay. At Ball State University, where I got my doctorate, there's a statue called Benevolence. Oh, really? Actually, uh huh. So, what does it look like? I mean, what does it portray? Uh, Just kind of abstract? This beautiful woman kind of looks like a Greek statue, and I suppose it's in honor of the donors, probably, at the university. The idea that people gave, right? Yeah. All right. Yeah. So, benevolence, that's cool. What else? Blessing. Blessing. Grace, blessing. Well, Yes, because if the idea of grace is benevolence and you receive that, you're certainly blessed. So, <laughs> Thank you very much. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Honor. Hmm. As if someone, I guess, loves you enough and okay. honors you enough, right, to give you something you don't deserve. And I so would certainly would say that anytime we extend grace to a person, we are honoring them and who they are. Okay. Certainly mercy. Now, I think people often interchange those two terms, right? Grace and and mercy. mercy. They certainly go together. Mm -hmm. Um, I would say my understanding is, um, and what I, the kind of the 
quick, concise, distinctive definition is mercy is not getting something you deserve. And I think about this with our kids when, you know, hey, we're going to the zoo tomorrow. And that day before you go to the zoo, the kid is just a mess. It's like they can't get anything right. They are horrible. They are defiant. They are disobedient. And they go to bed and you're thinking, do they even deserve to go to the zoo? Do I really want to take this kid? And yet a good parent will generally extend mercy to the child and give them something they don't deserve, the promised trip to the zoo the next day. So, <laughs> and the kid's going, Phew. Right. So mercy is kind of getting... <laughs> they knew. Mercy is not getting what you do deserve. Grace is getting the good that you don't deserve. I don't know if you agree, but that's kind of the distinction that's, that yeah. I have kind of given to me to keep the two terms apart. But they certainly relate. That. Usually one goes with the other. Either. It's a win-win for you. Exactly. <laughs> you get mercy or grace or both. That's a good thing. <laughs> Reprieve. That was another word that came up. With grace. Uh -huh. Reprieve. Yeah. Okay. So like in the sense of a reprieve of a punishment or something yeah, I that suppose. you were going to get? to keep you from, right, a reprieve from something that you did deserve, perhaps, yeah. All right. Kind of like a vacation. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> kind of like a forever vacation when you get grace. All right. Sabbath rest, the Bible calls that's it. That's true, right? and that's what yeah. we're all looking forward to. Our hope is ultimate rest from the brokenness of this life, from the chaos of this life, from the disappointment. Um, for all the good that it has, there's plenty of bad and evil and brokenness in this world. And so the idea of reprieve from that. Yeah, I think I would add the word peace, right? Once I received the grace of God, I had a peace about my life, about my okay. circumstances, about who I was, right? Sure. Um, that I don't recall having before. It's it was an, a new identity kind of. Um, okay. Absolutely. Yeah. So you have more on your list? Clemency. Ooh, that's a oh. big one, but pretty much means the same, right? It's that you similar to reprieve. Yeah, clemency. Mm -hmm. Often we associate that with the judicial system. Right. Where you get mercy, you get I've been in prison but you let me out, right? Yes. Early or something. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Compassion. You have a sense of compassion when you receive grace, but certainly the person who's giving it is loving and compassionate. Right. I don't I right. don't see how you could truly extend grace unless you were feeling compassionate. Oh. And God is certainly a compassionate God um, toward us. Um, it's said of Jesus often that he looked at the multitudes and what he felt when he looked at people was compassion because they they were harassed and helpless like sheep who didn't even have a shepherd. So oh, remember when he looked at Jerusalem and wept. Yes. He just wept because how I'd love to gather you like a hen gathers her chicks under her wings and just kind of surrounds them with that protective love. Yeah. Forgiveness? Okay. Yeah, within a context of spirituality and life and relationship with God, forgiveness is certainly a necessary part of grace. Grace. Acquiescence. Now that's an interesting yeah. word. I suppose that means I'm willing to receive it, right? I kind of 
give in and allow the grace to come my way. Interesting, huh? Yeah. Not a word you hear a lot used, acquiescence. But yeah. giving in. I, I do feel like I was pursued, kind of, you know, by this idea of grace until I finally kind of gave in and allowed it to wash over me. Well, and I think one of the things we want to explore through the course of this context is not just grace, but the God that's behind this oh, grace. Because there is an agent of grace, and the primary agent of grace in the scriptures is God himself, and his movement is always toward us. Oh. There is movement by us toward him, but if you believe what scripture says, says we love him because he first loved us yeah. and so yeah that idea of pursuit i want to maybe pursue that a little bit later a little bit more this idea of a pursuing god who comes after us tranquility i guess i kind of covered that with the word peace that yeah yeah the idea that literally i have learned that it i don't care if i'm rich or poor if i'm sick or healthy i mean if other people are unhappy with me even, right? I still can have this tranquility, this peace that comes from knowing who I am and that I've been forgiven. So your identity as a beloved daughter of God gives you tranquility in whatever circumstance you happen to find yourself in. That's... Yes, I no longer believe that God is punishing me by <laughs> <laughs> arranging my circumstances a certain way. Yes. And then the last one is gift. Absolutely. Because <laughs> grace to be grace is always a gift. Like we said, it's unmerited favor. It's getting that good that you really don't deserve. So when I wrote Unveiling Grace, Often people will come here and speak, right? And they don't understand grace, right? It, it well, and I should probably stop you here because for anybody who doesn't know, you know, I said I'm Joel, you said I'm Lynn, but I'm Joel Grote. <laughs> and I'm Lynn Wilder. Wilder. Okay, so. Yes. I was once a professor at Brigham Young. I um, ended up finding the grace of God and accepting biblical faith. So that's where, where I am. Um, so when other people are seeking grace and they don't quite understand it, here's something I'll do, Joel. Okay. I will offer them an unveiling grace book and I'll say, I give this to you as a free gift. Okay. It's not a debt. You can't pay me back for this. There's nothing you can do to add to the gift I'm giving you. This is a gift free and clear. This is what Jesus did for you. This is what his grace is. It's a free gift. The scriptures say over and over. And sometimes it makes the connection and, right. and people will just fall. Oh, I get, I get it. Right. Right. I don't earn it. And since that's how I got to give it to you. But yeah. And if somebody oh, would I say, oh, pay for it. Um, I did, absolutely. <laughs> yes, one of the, I was thinking of one of the first people to order when it came out. I was so excited. Um, it's a joke. Uh, but anyway, but if someone, if in that moment where you're saying, I want to give this to you as a gift, if they were to say, oh, 
Thank you so much for this gift. By the way, let me give you this ten bucks. Right. They'll say, I'm gonna I'll go on the website and donate and I'll and say No, no. don't. <laughs> right. right, because if you do something in return, it stops being a gift. They have robbed you of your ability to give them. They've actually to be compassionate, to give that peace, right. to offer the gift. Yes. Right. To uh -huh. to extend grace to them. Yes. And I think I think maybe more often than we realize we do that, our pride causes us to stiff arm God's grace, where God is saying, I want to be gracious. I love you. You don't deserve this. In fact, you have no idea how much you don't deserve this. But I want to give it to you because I love you and I want relationship with you. I want intimacy with you. And so that's why I'm doing this. And our pride says, but no. Uh, you okay you want to give it to me well I kind of want it but okay. I want to do this then well I'll do this or I'll give this or I'll behave this way or I'll change this behavior I'll then we'll be equal or even yeah then I won't feel like I owe you something or, and what yeah. we've done at that point is we have robbed God of his ability to give us grace and we no longer have grace in that moment so I think I'm hoping that as we go on this journey of grace that part of what this podcast does, part of what our what we explore and interact with, is helps people maybe be more open to grace than they have. Because I think we can always be more open to grace. I think no matter where we are in our spiritual journey, no matter how long we've been in a relationship with God or how long we've stiff-armed God, all of us can take a step to being more open toward grace. And my hope and prayer would be as we explore this, that's what it does, that people say, I, I need more grace in my life so but also offering grace i mean i too would think that i hopefully in people listening to us that they might be able to offer grace to other people right we need it so much there's there's plenty of judgment to go around there's plenty of condemnation we need to be people of grace we need to be people who offer grace totally agree so would you like to hear one story of a woman finding grace? This is a very oh, young absolutely. woman, early okay. 20s probably. You know, I think sometimes in our early 20s, um, you're trying to figure out life, make a decision about your career, mm -hmm. figure out who you are, what your talents are. They call 20s the decade of dreams. It's all about hopefully life coming together. Right. So yeah, it's that expectation. So that's where she is. That's her age, certainly. And so she's trying to figure out who God is. And she's, she's exploring this idea of grace. And she said, let's see. Um, she felt like she was drowning. I think we often feel that way, right? Life can be overwhelming. Life is broken, unpredictable, and, um, yep. <laughs> Sorry. Okay. Um, she began to watch a video about grace, and she said, up to that point, I hadn't understood that someone could have what I was longing for deep down. What I was longing for was to have a relationship with Jesus, but not carry the baggage and burden of religion. Okay. Interesting, huh? Right. Um, 
So this idea of grace became salt and light to me. Um, in times of deep grief and confusion, feeling like I was drowning, I would lock my room and just watch these videos about grace. It was a source of comfort and it showed me that there was a better life out there. God's grace invaded my life and gave me the courage to passionately chase after truth despite my dark circumstances. Wow. The Bible was the most compelling voice throughout my investigation for the truth. Though I did not always comprehend his presence in the process, from the very beginning our Creator set my feet on a path toward the true Jesus. And then she says, I can't praise him enough for it. It took nine months of difficult study, grief, detoxing, and spiritual growth pains until I was finally ready to be born again. Ah, uh, nine months. months. There's God's <laughs> sense of humor. Yeah, for sure. Then I knew it was time and God was calling me. In October, I left everything I knew to follow my creator. And she knew the grace that only the Jesus of the Bible offered. It's such a cool story of the character of God. That God is a pursuing God. Yeah. That he wants relationship with us. That he pursues us. That he's opened every... That he sends his son to live a perfect life that none of us have lived. To die a perfect death that none of us could die. To be raised back to life. To validate and vindicate all that. And he does that so that we can be restored to relationship. So that the perfect life and love of Jesus... Mm gets credited to our account. And so God says, yeah, you've messed up. Yeah, if, if I gave you what you deserve, you would get hell separation from me. But instead, because I love you and I'm pursuing you and I'm after you, I'm making all the provision necessary out of grace so that we can be in intimate relationship. And not only vertically, which is amazing, but then grace opens the door to horizontal community where that can be lived out. Where, like you said, not only do we need to receive grace, we are people who extend grace. Amen. That kindness plaque I've got in my office needs to be part of who you are, part of your life. Ultimately, what we want is to be transformed into the image of Christ but we also want to see our, our closest relationships transformed. And that's my hope is that people would see yeah. not only the relationship with God transformed, but man, relationship with their husband or their wife, relationship with their kids, relationships with coworkers, parents, with parents. Yeah. Um, because life is about relationships and very often those relationships are very broken, hurtful, disappointing places. And yet, grace can step in and can redeem that. Wow. <laughs> We're going to talk about some examples, right, when that has happened. Yeah, I, one of the cool things is so place. many stories, just like this one yeah. that you shared. So many stories of grace changing lives. Um, and I should say, and we'll say to you that are listening and watching, we would love for you to send your stories of grace or to send your questions. We hope this is going to be an ongoing podcast 
that continues to go deeper into this. Um, but we'd love to talk about what you're interested in. So if you have a facet of grace you'd like us to explore, if you have a story of grace you want to share, um, a question, we would love to hear from you um, and what you've experienced. And obviously, if anything we say or do or share helps you, we'd love to hear about that as well because this whole thing is committed to help you, anybody who's listening or watching, um, help your life and your love flourish in Jesus. Um, we hope that this grace will be antithetical to judgmentalism to yes. the anger, to the criticisms that humans so often do of each other and help folks understand there's a different way to live and right. a better way to live. Right, and especially in a religious context. Yeah. It seems like within the context of religion, that's where there's the most judgment. Well, not always, but there often is that judgment and condemnation where the more rules and regulations you have, right, the more opportunities there are for people to be looking at other people and deciding who measures up here, who doesn't measure up here. And that behavior is antithetical to grace. Right. When we were talking about that idea of a pursuing God and that idea of the ground, whatever you've done, I always think of the story of the prodigal son yeah. who throws love and family and everything in his father's face. I mean, historically, um, for a child to demand their inheritance before the death of the parent was tantamount to saying, I wish you were dead. Yeah. I want my money now. Right. And in spite of that incredible insult, the father gives the child his portion, gives the son the portion of his inheritance. Um, I think he wisely knew the son had already left in terms of his heart, the son had already gone. So, okay, go ahead, I'm gonna, you've left already, I'm gonna give it to you, go ahead and go. I'm sure the father hoping for the best, but the son takes it and doesn't even use it wisely. He squanders it on, the Bible says, prostitutes and riotous living. <laughs> and finally comes to the end of his senses, finally finds himself in a pig pen as a Jewish boy in the most degraded state he can find himself in and goes, what am I doing? Even if I was just a servant back at my dad's house, a servant on my dad's farm, on my dad's ranch, has got it way better than I do. Mm. I don't deserve to be called a son anymore. I've burned that bridge. But maybe, just maybe, he'll take me back as a slave, as a servant, because even that would be better than this. Really, I think kind of a testimony to the love the father had displayed, the son knew enough about the character of his father to mm. chance it. I think there's a lot of kids yeah. that if they'd done that would Good say, point. home is the last place I'm going because if I show back up at home, I know what I'm going to get. I'm going to get rejection. I'm going to, there's no way. Right. And yet this Judgment, son. <laughs> criticism, all those things we were just talking about. Right. And yet this son, he knows he's got a chance. Maybe it's not a big one, but he's going to go throw himself on the mercy of his father and just ask and yet what as Jesus is telling the story he says and the father when he sees the son a long way off his first response is to go and run 
to meet him again. Mm. Nothing more undignified for an elderly man in the community to gird up his skirt and get and take off running let alone run to someone who had disgraced the family before the community yeah. and yet he runs and Jesus says this is a picture of the father this is a picture of all of us we are all the prodigal to some degree um, we're also all the older brother who his response is not grace his response is the judgment and condemnation on both his dad and on his brother who comes back. Mm -hmm. And his father says, whoa, no, you've had everything. Don't, don't, you need to rejoice that your brother has come back. Grace is about rejoicing at the return of a prodigal. Mm -hmm. And so to have the father be the picture of God and to think of God running down this probably dirty, dusty road to embrace a stinky, smelly son who has shamed and disgraced the family. And all I can think about is how glad he is that he's back and that he's alive. And to think mm. that's what grace is extending to all of us, that opportunity to go running into the arms of a loving father who has nothing but love and acceptance mm. if we're willing to come like that prodigal son came. Wow. That's what we what we want to invite you all into. A better life. A, a better, much better, a better life. Better way to live. Yeah. Yep. Well, thank you for being with us. Feel free to subscribe to the podcast. Um, there's going to be show notes um, for each program. So if we make reference to um, a Bible verse or a passage, like even now the prodigal son, you may be going, okay, I've heard that, where is that story in the Bible? I'm pretty sure it's John, I'm not even going to venture to guess which chapter, so it'll be in the show notes, okay? If you go to the podcast and look it up, you'll be able to find where that passage is, um, you can read it, and so again, we are delighted to be your host and to share grace with you. Yeah, one more Phrase for grace is life-changing. Yes. Absolutely life-changing. And may your life be transformed by grace. That's our hope and our prayer for you. Thanks so much for being with us. Thanks so much for listening to the Unveiling Grace podcast. Lynn and I hope you'll join us next Saturday for another conversation devoted to helping your life and relationships flourish. You can find the show notes and leave us your comments and questions at unveilinggracepodcast.com. That's unveilinggracepodcast.com, where you can experience a grace that heals.